I'm Amanda. I'm Jesse. In this podcast, we talk about the joys of motherhood as well as the experiences that have altered us along the way. We've created a safe space to talk about the hard and unconventional alongside the beauty, and we want you to feel confident in the decisions that you make as a mother. Welcome to the Motherhood Collective Co. Let's talk. Okay. Welcome back to the Motherhood Collective Co. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy too. I seriously miss this so much. I know. I miss having someone because usually I'm staring right here at this camera now when I'm doing these <laughs> Q&As and I just don't stop talking. I don't think I breathed in our last episode. <laughs> It's like I was having so much FOMO watching all the videos. I'm like, oh, I could totally be there. Even no. like two weeks postpartum, I'm like, I can come oh, and, and record. Because we got our camera set up just like two weeks before. It was three episodes before. I know. You. So like now you don't even look like you're on our page. So we need to fix I was that. thinking that I'm like, and because like I feel like we've gotten so many new listeners since I've had Ledger. I know. That I'm like, I don't even know if people know that this is our podcast. Like, is it you and Kate's? Is it you and other Amanda's? Like, there's like all this. Is it just yours? Like, mm. I'm here and back and we'll be more consistent with my face. Yes. We'll get you back. Yeah. Integrated in. I know. Uh, I remember recording without you and I just like miss you so much. I'm like, wait, I actually don't want to do this if I'm not doing it with I you. Know. I know. And it's hard to like come up with guests and topics and. Yeah. All by yourself, it's fun when it's just natural, friendship, talking. Yeah, like what we'd be doing whether the camera was on or not. I know. Sorry, that latte is probably really hot. Is it really hot? I I didn't put milk in it. It's just equip protein powder and collagen. It's so good. I love them. It's so good. I gave you a box of dandelion tea after you had know. And I drank all of it because I was reading that it's a diuretic and it can help you like rid excess well, fluid it, of your yeah. body dandelion also it just like helps your liver detox so after mm. you know surgery and epidurals mm-hmm. and a lot of you know sometimes yeah. birth requires medicine and yeah. it just helps not even just that like your right. hormones yeah your and hormones. well even like i was trying to research like how do i bring my blood pressure down because of like the postpartum yeah crap which we can talk about like yeah. all of a sudden my blood pressure was astronomical (laughs) and so that was one of the things was to drink that tea so I drank the entire box Mm -hmm. of tea good and it it was just perfect because it just so happened to be that you dropped it off and I'm like (laughs) looking on google I'm like what can I drink to like lower my blood pressure and it was like dandelion root so oh Amanda already brought that yeah so she just (laughs) knew that that was gonna happen it's perfect here we are Uh, well okay let's do a little catch-up episode because it's been a while since like we've all talked I Mm -hmm. mean um you have a baby now. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> and his I name have is? a baby, Ledger. Ledger. Little Ledger. And how big was he? It's 10 pounds, two ounces. <gasps> I love it. 10 pounds, two ounces. My jaw hit the ground. Yeah. I knew that he was big. <laughs> like, I knew that he was big. Well, I remember but... sitting here. We were in, you were wearing your sunflower, not sunflower, your little flower shirt. Yep. It's on our page. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, Jesse, that's going to be a big baby. And you're mm-hmm. like, they don't think he's big. They just think I have a lot of fluid. Mm-hmm. And I did have a lot of fluid. You did. And mm-hmm. he was also huge. Yep. Is that and light still red, by the way? Will you keep yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> I think that part of why I didn't think that he was going to be so big is because he was moving around so much. I'm like, how can you be 10 pounds and mm-hmm. just flipping the whole pregnancy? You know? Yeah. I guess that was my logic behind it. And they always had a hard time palpating. Yeah. So I was like, maybe he's just small. No, I just had like a ton of fluid. But anyways, <laughs> should I just, should we just 
get right into it? Get How right should into we do it. this? Yeah, just tell your story. Do you want to just like, okay, I'll just tell you like I Do you remember, haven't. I was going to say, do you remember like our first two episodes where we like grilled each other about our bursts? Let's not do that. I liked when we... <laughs> We like wrote out questions. Do you remember? <laughs> oh my gosh, we did. We did. My husband, so Brady just every his episode. podcast, which he doesn't want me to share about because it's Why? Well, specifically only for gone said doctors. So he doesn't oh. want other people finding it. Um, <laughs> so it's like, it's so <laughs> pretend you didn't hear that. Yeah, pretend you didn't hear that. <laughs> I didn't say anything, but um, he was, you know, he's a perfectionist. Him mm-hmm. and you are mm-hmm. like the same person, mm-hmm. um, but he's like doing the perfectionist thing to where he can't even like get it out right and i'm like bro <laughs> i'm the same when way. jesse and i started our podcast <laughs> we literally had like scripts written out like 10 page google yeah. docs we did literally we did yeah and now twenty thousand listens later twenty two thousand listens later mm-hmm. 52 countries around the world listening yeah. to our podcast Almost ten thousand followers on amazing. instagram yes not even a year yeah. a year next week yeah um and the 17th yeah the 17th. so uh we don't use scripts anymore so that's fun i know and it is it's actually so much more fun it is <laughs> we were we were like researching and like well, which i love research don't get me wrong yeah. but like to prepare for an episode with that much effort and now I like i think we have two kids which yeah. makes a big difference like we don't have the time to do the homework to prepare well, for when we first started too we were just like barely friends we had True. just kind of met right yeah we like went to one concert together and then yeah. i'm like hey jesse do you want to do yeah. a business together <laughs> <laughs> i know that's actually so crazy if you look I back know. on it like but i had so much peace like when you yeah. were sitting across my my kitchen table you had just come back from this business retreat conference Whatever like hyping you up yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, wait, that actually sounds... And it was along the lines of like dreams that I had harbored for Mm -hmm. a long time. But I just... I'm a perfectionist, much like Brady. And if Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I know the full scope of everything that something would entail, I'm not going to start it. And so I have all these dreams that I'm like so excited about, but like they've never launched because I'm just a perfectionist. I have like Mm -hmm. four half-written books, Yeah. but I'm like, oh, the plot is not perfect so the same way so if you ever see a typo on our page it's because it's from me (laughs) i get stuff done but i don't do it perfectly (laughs) amanda printed out all of these papers do you remember to bring to my office for the for brady's office (laughs) to bring to concise and i was dying i walked in there i was like amanda there's like four different words on here that are not she's like well they're there i'm like (laughs) i did fix those (laughs) yeah you did you did fix them but they were up for a but no i think we're really good for each other (laughs) Mm mm-hmm you have taught me how to just let go and just do it yeah, because it's it better than just, and look how much we've learned. I know. You just learned a lot. Look the at way all this high tech fun. equipment we've had to figure out. <laughs> Who would have ever thought from I our know. iPhone recordings? Uh, and oh my gosh. Our iPhone recordings. Now we've got like a $2,000 lens. <laughs> Crush it. I know. Thank God for your husband too. Can we just say that? I'm like, oh my was, gosh. He the, cared way more than we did. Well, and it was it's the episode paid about Lily's birth. And he watched the reels from that and he bought a camera. He's like, Amanda, I can't look at another one of those. I cannot. I cannot. I know. So, I'm seriously yeah, so grateful, though, because I don't you know. think either of us would have cared enough to, and you know. We've got a lot more reach now that Instagram thinks our videos are cool. So, yeah. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, here we are. <laughs> Happy one year. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. We did it. We made it. Um. Okay. So I'll just get into it and you can just... I'll chime yeah. in with my opinion. Yeah, do it. <laughs> so I was 41 weeks. I had my 41 week appointment on a Tuesday. 
um, that Monday night, we had gone to a Brandon Lake concert at Red Rocks. Yeah. And we really were like, we need to go to this concert because Ledger's named after this dude. (laughs) His middle name is Lake after Brandon Lake. And it's because he wrote a song called Gratitude. And I'm sure everyone has heard it. If you Mm -hmm. haven't, go listen to it. But it like carried us through our pregnancy and through our losses before Ledger. We're like, okay, we're still pregnant. We're going to this concert. So I bought the tickets literally that morning. We hiked all the way up there. If you've been to Red Rocks, you know. Um, The next day, labor started for me. Like I was having contractions. It wasn't like anything that big of a deal. But I knew that it was like more consistent and happening. Um, And because I was past my due date, they wanted to see me twice a week. So normally my appointments were on Thursdays. But now I had an appointment on Tuesday and Thursday. So I went to my appointment and they confirmed that I was contracting, but my midwife went to like palpate my belly and she's like, I'm having a hard time kind of like determining what his positioning is. Maybe he's like super engaged. I don't know. She like pulled out the ultrasound and she was like, okay, so she, my midwives were amazing. They were so like the opposite of alarmist. So just so reassuring, huge proponents of that, like birth is not scary there are things that like you know they were the right people for me throughout this pregnancy but so if they had a concern you were like okay that's valid it's Mm -hmm. not like they're just trying to scare you so she sat back and she was like okay so your baby is not head down anymore and I'm like fun okay so he's (laughs) breached like what and she was like he's actually transverse so he's laying sideways um she was like this is super rare like we can deliver a breech baby we can deliver a head down baby transverse babies are a bit more complex is like her wording and I'm like okay and of all of the things that I researched and studied I had never come across transverse babies and since then I've I've learned more about it but it's one in 500 or maybe it's 5,000 people will have a transverse baby at term so super rare probably not talked about for that reason and she said I'm not like this isn't an emergency, but the reason that I'm concerned is that his back is laying across your cervix. And the only thing between his back and your cervix is umbilical cord. So she's like, you're in labor. Um, if you did nothing and your water broke, the cord is the only thing that's going to come out. And because I had done so much research on birth emergencies, because I was planning a home birth at one mm-hmm. point. I knew that a cord prolapse is one of the only emergencies during birth that you really don't have time. Like there are a lot of things that can happen in birth. I think that you have plenty of time still, um, but that's not one of them. And so I think immediately I was kind of like flustered. I remember calling you because she was Mm -hmm. like, I want you guys to head to the hospital. I want to flip the baby Mm -hmm. because that's your best chance at like, you know, staying away from some kind of emergency. And for your VBAC. Yeah. The best chance for you to have mm-hmm. the birth you wanted. Yeah. And I actually felt like decently okay about it because my midwife was so reassuring. She's like, mm-hmm. it's going to be an easy flip. You have tons of fluid. Like it's, I'm, I'm not concerned about that. And I was like, okay, I trust you. Um, so I remember calling you and you saying something like, just be prepared when you go to the hospital OBs are a different story mm-hmm. than midwives, as we both know, as I'm sure most people know. Um, they're probably going to give you some kind of dead baby speech. Yeah, they always give the dead baby speech. And you know what was funny is like, not funny. Um, I had never heard that speech before, but that's exactly what happened to me when I got to the hospital. So like... Yeah. They want to say, 
this is the if you if you're gonna do this and try a vaginal birth that puts mm-hmm. a lot more liability on me mm-hmm. so let's just cut this baby out mm-hmm. so i have no more liability yeah and, and let's she not even try. yes and that was i think that was what was so crazy is she didn't even mention the v-back at the time when we were going in for the ecv she was she came in because midwives can't do that the the ob had to do yeah. the ecv and it's so my midwife procedure. was there um, but the OB came in so hot and heavy and was like, okay, so this is what's happening. We're going to the OR. We're getting a spinal. If this works, great. If it doesn't, we're cutting the baby out. And I was like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, wait up. <laughs> <Back> <laughs> I was up like, a minute. okay, not happening. And I literally said, I said, actually, I've watched so many ECV videos. I've watched this procedure done so many times. I don't know why. I was just knee deep in research surrounding birth. So I'd, I'm like, they are always done bedside. I've never seen this done in the OR. Mm. And she was like, well, here's the reason it should be done in the OR. Your placenta could abrupt. We could break your water. Your baby could go into distress. You know, all the, the cord could prolapse, all these things. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to go to the OR. And I don't want a spinal. Well, it's really painful, all this stuff. And if you don't have a spinal and you don't have this, then if there is an emergency, it's a crash C-section versus like, you you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm not getting a spinal and I'm not going to the OR. And she looked at me and she goes, well, if you, if you want to, or, or no, I was like, I also want to know if the baby flips head down, we can go home, right? Because there's no reason for me to be here yeah. anymore. And she said, if you want a dead baby, that's your prerogative. She looked at me and said that. And I said, what are you talking about? If the baby's head down, this is no longer a situation where there might be a cord prolapse. And she's like, and and Chase at that point had stood up and asked her to leave the room. And so we were, we were talking with the midwife. He was like, you know what? We don't need to hear that. We'll, we'll discuss this with our actual midwife. And you know, she was like, she's like, take what she's saying with a grain of salt. And I was like, yeah, I'm not even mad at her. This is what they see. This is what they are. This They're just being who they are. They're surgeons. Yeah. They do surgery. Yeah. And Birth I'm sure, I'm sure she surgery. has seen those things, you yeah. know, and that's yeah. fine. But like, I, it wasn't even shocking. And you had told me that. And I was like, it was already in my head. I'm like, whatever. Um, so anyway, she was like, I'm not like, take what she's saying with a grain of salt, but she's not wrong about the fact that if your baby can flip this far along, Mm -hmm. he probably can flip again. Mm -hmm. And if labor is the reason he's flipping, then he's going to continue to flip. Mm -hmm. And she said of all the years that I've delivered babies, it's very rare for me to see a baby flip during labor at 41 weeks this far along. So she's like, it does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't, but you know, whatever. I was like, let's just do the ECV. And I had a lot of peace about that. Um, everyone came back in. There was like seven, I think there was like seven people surrounding me. It was insane. And we ended up doing it in a triage room in the OR. So still not my favorite place to be, (laughs) but at least I wasn't in the OR and at least the backup plan wasn't an immediate C-section. I still felt like I was in the driver's seat. And so they did the ECV. It was probably five minutes um flipped him he was head down which they said was like a good and a bad thing good thing he's head down bad thing that was way too easy yeah (laughs) so um they monitored me and his heart rate was doing great so they actually ended up wrapping my belly up to see if they could like contain him to being head down um and I will say this throughout my entire story like my midwives were so committed to giving me a vaginal delivery I have never seen people so invested like in someone's story in my story were the nurses yeah nobody else cared my first midwife did it was the second midwife that I could just 
Yeah, no. <laughs> she was she shouldn't even be considered a midwife. I wrote no. a really honest review. Good. I did. I'm glad you did. I told my whole story about it. Call, go ahead. Good for go you. <laughs> um but they were just so invested. So there's literally three of them time like wrapping my belly up mm-hmm. and telling this baby, "Stay still. You're like, you know." So then there's a discussion of like, "Okay, are we going home? Are we staying here?" Um, and like I had said, a cord prolapse was probably the only thing lingering in my mind. My whole pregnancy, even with Sunny, it's always just been something that I'm like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can deal with some of these other like emergencies that people think happen during yeah. birth. This is something that you don't have the time. I don't want to be at home. I'm not going to sleep mm-hmm. if I'm like, I, I couldn't have even told you that my baby wasn't head down anymore. Yeah. So who's to say I'm going to like be able to know if he flips. Yeah. Um, so we decided to stay and I barely slept. Um, Chase and I had just gotten a cold, like right before we went to the hospital, you know, when you like can't breathe when you're trying to sleep, you know, <laughs> it was that it was like the stress. It was like, I felt like he was being crazy in there and I didn't want him to f- keep flipping. So I'm like sitting in bed, holding my belly. <laughs> um, and then ne- that my midwives were like the next morning, they were going to come check me again and kind of see. And I was contracting all night and they came back the next morning around like noon. They gave me lots of time and um, they went to see where Ledger was and he was right back to being sideways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I'm sitting there and she kind of like, she's like, okay, well, there's still a lot of options. Like we can go back, do another ECV and we just have to keep a really close eye on you during labor because if at any point your water breaks that's a problem. Um, and she was just kind of walking me through like, we can just keep trying to flip him. But she was like, there's no guarantee that he's going to stay head down. If your water does break, there's no, there's no way we can continue to flip him. So that's kind of like the end of our, our rope with that. Um, she was like, I'm just going to give you some guys some time to think about what you want to do. She never even brought up a C-section. She left. My nurse came back who had been with me all night and she was amazing her name was also amanda there's so many amazing amandas in the world (laughs) um i adored her like she she had been a nurse for a really long time and she just spent a lot of time talking to me um she came in and she was like can i be a little bit more opinionated than your midwife and i was like sure (laughs) go for it um she's like i just read your birth plan everybody out there read your birth plan And she was like, I really do not want you to have another traumatic birth experience. She was like, in my experience, um, a baby doing something like this is almost kind of unheard of. And the the position that he's in is strange. I just think that sometimes like babies try to tell us something, you know, that we don't know. 100%. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting thought. And she was like, um, she was like, and I can't tell you how much I just do not want you to have another traumatic experience. And a cord prolapse is something that I'm literally, my hand is up your vagina. We're rushing to the OR. We're putting you under. You're not meeting your baby. And I don't, she was like, this isn't like, this might happen. It's like, this is going to happen if your baby stays in this position. There's no other way that we can like go about it. And she was like, I'm just throwing this out there. You can literally kick me out of the room. We could plan like a really peaceful C-section for later this night, later tonight. And we can give you like 
such a good experience and we could get your baby here safely and we could prevent another traumatic thing from happening and I at first I was like "Mm, no I'm not doing that so (laughs) thanks anyways (laughs) um bye so she she kind of like smiled and left the room and um I decided to start researching like transverse babies I'm like is this really that big of a deal Mm -hmm. like I've never heard of it you know and through my research I found that it's actually inherently like very dangerous to be in labor with a baby laying sideways um not only for the like risk of cord prolapse which I was already at an increased risk because I had excess fluid um and the baby's positioning but just inherently how they're laying with contractions it's just not good for them um and you're also at like an increased risk if you've never even had a c-section of your uterus rupturing when your baby's transverse in labor So I brought my midwife back in and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm reading about transverse babies. She was like, first of all, stop Googling. And I'm like, but I was like, I want you to be straight up with me. Like, is this, is this a risk like for me to be in labor right now with a transverse baby? And she was like, I don't really, she was like, basically she was so like, she was so reassuring that it was almost like, just tell me like, is this okay? And she was like, I I'm pretty convinced that transverse babies are one of the reasons that women used to die in childbirth. And I was like, I had to beg for her to get that out of her. I was like, please just tell me, like, can I just go home and labor? Like, is this like really that big of a deal? And, and she was like, not just because of the cord prolapse situation, just because of the way that the baby would be forced to come out or not come out. Um, the, like the, the anatomy of the uterus, she was going through all these things. And I'm like, okay, why the heck is my baby sideways like of all the things this is so rare so she left again and I'm starting to like try to push on Ledger's head like now I can feel where it is and I'm like trying to push it down Mm -hmm. and I'm like it was so easy for them to do the ECV surely I can push his head down and it felt like he was like attached to a rubber band and he just like kept coming right back Mm up and my midwives were like able and ready to deliver a breech baby Mm -hmm. so it was like why can't you just either go breach or go up or down i'm not asking for that much i'm like literally one way and um i just decided i'm like okay i haven't prayed about this at all and we need to pray about this and uh, i heard the lord's voice so clearly and he was like i'm protecting you from something and i just like sat there and i cried and i was just like why why does this have to be my story i and I knew it was his voice. I like, there was so much peace with it. There was no fear. It wasn't scary. It was like, he just straight up was like, I'm protecting you from something. It was right after I was like pushing Ledger's head down and it kept coming right back up. And it was like, it just felt like so, so clear and a bit of a backtrack. I think part of why I was so frustrated is like, I put everything I possibly could. And I know you understand this, like, Mm -hmm into having a v-back I spent so much money and so much time and so much energy and when I tell you that I went to like multiple Mayan abdominal massages specific for like structuring my uterus for a v-back regular massage chiropractic acupuncture spinning babies several different birth courses and different birth programs pelvic floor pt like so many different things that I'm like and I was so confident never once my whole pregnancy did I ever 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 think or even process or conceptualize that I would have 
a C-section. Yeah. I was like, that's just not my story. That's not what's going to happen. I had like no fear about birth. I was so excited for it. I felt like I had this vision in my head of exactly how it was going to go, exactly what position I was going to birth in, exactly how I was going to be my baby. And so I think in that moment, it just felt cruel because mm-hmm. I was like, why, why can you do all of the right things and try so hard and just for something to be taken away from you at the last minute mm-hmm. for something you can't even control? Um, I do know, I do understand. And I just sat there in between the comment the nurse made about sometimes babies are just trying to tell us something. And then from what I heard from the Lord, I'm like, I no longer have any peace about moving forward with mm-hmm. this. Um, I don't pretend to know exactly what he was protecting me from. I think I have a greater idea now that I'm on the other side of it, but I had no choice in that moment, but to just trust him. Um, and if you would have seen me the night before, right before we performed the ECV, I was like hysterically crying when they, when they put me in the OR, even in the triage room, I was like, I am not like, I was literally crying and telling, I screamed at the OB. I'm not having another C-section. Like, how dare you insinuate that that's just like a, a backup plan, yeah. you know? Um, and then like the, the difference that I was feeling like sitting in the hospital bed after the Lord told me that was night and day. Cause I sat there and I'm like, I told Chase, like, I think we need to plan for a C-section. And he was like, what <laughs> are you talking? Like, <laughs> this is my husband who had been like literally trained by me for the last three years <laughs> to never, ever, ever, ever let him, me, anyone tell me that we are going to go have a C-section. So He's sitting there like, what are so you So do I manhandle about? you right now? Like, should I He's like, out? are you, do you need a nap? Like, he was so beside himself. And so then the nurses and the midwife came back in. And I told them, and they were the exact same way. They're like, Jess, what are you talking about? Like, this is not, you know. But Amanda, the nurse that had talked to me, she, she was like, I don't want to be responsible one way or the other for whatever you choose, but I really think you're making the right decision. And my midwife said, she was like, I have had all of my babies natural. I'm like such a proponent for natural birth, unmedicated vaginal deliveries, but I would not feel right about continuing. Like I'm, she's like, I'm such a proponent of that. And I want that more for you more than anybody else. But like, I don't think it's a good idea. And so I feel like once I kind of voiced my fears, people were being a little more vocal about theirs, but I could tell they were being so like, they wanted me to have my own intuition, you know, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, not being influenced. So, um, we made that decision and it, because it wasn't really an emergency, I mean, I was, I was dilating and I was contracting and it was kind of like, it was somewhat of like an urgency, but it wasn't an emergency. Like the, the emergency would have been if my water would have broken, but, um, between when we decided that and when we were going back to the OR, every single person that was going to be involved in my birth. So every nurse, the baby nurse, anesthesiologist, the OB surgeon, every single person that was going to be in that room came into my room separately to tell me, a, I read your birth story, every single one of them. I read your birth story and your birth plan, and I know that you had a really traumatic birth with your first. This is why and how I'm dedicated to making sure that doesn't happen again. Every single That's one amazing. of them. And even the anesthesiologist who was a male came in, and I'm like, and he, he I, I told him, I'm like, 
I was panicking the whole time during my last C-section for two hours. I had a panic attack. I was puking. They, I thought I was dying. Nobody told me what was going on. They took my baby away from me, all this stuff. And he was like, that should not have happened to you. Yeah. And here's what's going to happen this time. I'm going to walk you back to the OR. I'm going to be right there to cheer you on. I'm going to tell you everything that's happening along the way. And you're going to crush it. And he was just like, and he was like, you could, you know, you could play your own music. Like what, what music do you want to listen to? We can listen to music. We can like, you know, he's like, I'll be right by your head the whole time. And the, the surgeon came in and she was like, yeah, we're going to like, we're just going to take our time. We're going to have fun. I'm going to check you out. I'm going to look at your, your pelvis. I'm going to look at the anatomy of your uterus. I'm going to look at, and, and, and just make sure everything's put back exactly how it needs. You know, she was just like, she was so cute. She honestly was kind of like a grandma at one point. I was like, are you like too old to be doing surgery? (laughs) Like at what point, like she was just like very much like a grandmotherly like Mm. presence. Um, but I was just like really blown away because it just felt like every person like really cared. And part of my birth trauma with Sunny is that and my and my previous medical trauma before Sunny is that they don't care. Yeah. And um, it's a terrifying place because you are kind of on an island by yourself and there's people touching your body that don't care about you and they don't know your history. And people not just touching your body. They're literally ripping it apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Yeah, we made that decision. I um, was in labor, so we got to kind of like take some fun photos with our doula of like being in labor. And um, I walked back to the OR. They gave me the spinal while I held my midwife's hands. I laid down. They all did their little meeting of like what everybody's in charge of. Um, and then Chase came in and my we had like the clear drape mm-hmm. going on. Um my pulse was like in the seventies. We were just listening to worship music. I was like laughing and smiling and like having a good time, which sounds so crazy in hindsight. And no one could have told me that that would be the case beforehand. Um, but I just felt so much peace, like more peace than I've ever felt in my whole life. And I think that's what makes this story so much different than mine was sunny is I heard so much clearly. I heard so clearly from the Lord what I was supposed to do. And he followed that up by like just such a provision of his mm-hmm. peace in that room. So much so that I was like so protected by the fact that um, they, I didn't know what was really going on aside from like, it's taking them kind of a long time to get him out. And I guess this is something I also researched afterwards. It's actually pretty tricky to get a breech baby out during a C-section, let alone a transverse baby. Mm-hmm didn't cross my mind at all. Like I I knew they said it would be hard to like vaginally deliver a transverse baby, but it's actually hard to get them out even in a cesarean. And so they, they cut me and they, they went up to scoop his feet, grabbed his feet first. And between when his feet and his head came out, it was like a solid almost eight minutes, which is a long time. Um, so they got his body out and the anesthesiologist was telling me, oh, his feet just popped out and now his belly. And, and then I kind of like, that was the end of the updates for a minute. And I heard them talk at, like they were talking amongst themselves like, okay, let's try this. Okay, let's try, you know, just like very calm. But they were trying all sorts of maneuvers to get his head out. It was like very, very stuck. Um, and they had said that, A, I had a ton of fluid. I think they said almost two liters of fluid. That might mean someone to someone listening, but yeah, I don't know. That's a lot. It's two IV bags full. I'm pretty sure. 
Um, I'm pretty sure we only have four liters of blood in our body. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he had the cord It was super like my placenta was fundal. So it was on the top of my, of my uterus and the cord was really tight around his neck, but then it was also around his belly and his ankle (laughs) and there was still excess below his back. Mm -hmm. So it's a super long cord. Um, and he was basically suspended against my placenta. Like he was, he could not descend. Um, and so because he was so tightly like bound, it was really hard for them to even get him out. So when he did get out, um, the anesthesiologist told me like, Oh, there he is. He's out. And I was kind of like, Oh, maybe they just didn't hold him up high enough because I didn't get to see him. You know, I'm still just like on cloud nine. Um, and apparently, cause we had planned on keeping him attached to his cord and the placenta, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know was an option. Yeah, um, we were going to keep all of that together and, and go back to recovery all in one piece. <laughs> um, but they had to cut the cord pretty quickly cause he was completely limb, completely blue. Chase mm-hmm. was the only one who saw him. I didn't see him. Um, and he wasn't responding to just like stimulation, stimulation. Um, so they had to cut the cord and bring him over and they had to work on him for a while. Um, his Apgars were like pretty poor. Um, I think his first one was like a four or five. Um, not good. And nobody, that that was the thing is like, nobody was panicking. Everybody was so calm. He, the anesthesiologist just said like, oh, he's just a little stunned. He just needs a little help. And just everyone's language was so gentle and kind and like very aware of what I had been through. And even Chase, like he saw Ledger and he knew he was getting worked on, but he had nothing but joy in his eyes. And so I didn't think anything Mm -hmm. of it. Um, And he had made it a point to stay with me over being over there with Ledger because that was something that really scared me of Sonny's birth is he was gone and and Sonny was gone. Um, So he stayed by my side and Ledger was born while we were listening to the song Gratitude by (laughs) Brandon Lake, which I thought was so cool. And um, Chase and I were together, like our heads were together when we heard Ledger cry for the first time and we both cried and... And then he went and grabbed him and brought him over to me. And Ledger had a tear running down his, his face. <laughs> and I was like, why are you, why do you have tears? Like newborns don't, I just remember that being my first thought is like newborns don't have tears. What are you doing? And then I was like, you're huge. Yeah. So that's when my midwife came over and was like, um, your baby's 10 pounds, two ounces. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they were like, and your placenta is so huge. Like we also want to weigh it because it's just so big. And I'm like, okay, Let's what go for is it. going on? <laughs> um, and I was like, and I wanted to keep my placenta because I wanted to look at it and all the things. So yeah, um, we went back to the recovery room and I was just like, and, and the surgeon kept saying like, I'm just taking my time. She was like, your last C-section, it looked like your car, your scar was a little crooked. I'm fixing that for you. Like, she was just so sweet. Everyone in the room was just so kind. I can't say that enough. We went back to the recovery room and I felt I had lost like a significant amount of blood. They want you to lose between not want you. What's typical is like 800 to 1,000 milliliters with a cesarean. I lost 1,200 with Sunny, but I lost 1,500 with Ledger. And they had told me 
we're not going to do a blood transfusion unless you're like clinical. And I, (laughs) so they were like, let us know if you feel dizzy or whatever. But I really did not want a blood transfusion. (laughs) And I was just very confident that my body would like be able to replenish blood loss. Um, I'm just a freak like that. And so I was, I was, I was dizzy, but I wasn't going to say anything to anyone. Because I really did not want a blood transfusion. I um, don't know where that blood's been. <laughs> I know. <laughs> goodness. Like, I'm like, okay, like, I'm not even going to pick up something off of a public floor. You think I'm going to put someone else's blood in my body? Okay. If I'm not if, dying. If, yeah. If I need that someday, thank the Lord. But I didn't feel like I needed it. I was just going to keep cruising. But I got to look at my placenta. I got to inspect it and, like, see all the things. I thought that was so cool. Ledger started nursing right away. Um, And yeah, it was like in the moment and I'm separating that from how I feel now Mm -hmm. in the moment. I felt so grateful to have had such a peaceful experience. And I felt like, wow, I'm so glad I heard from the Lord. I don't think Ledger would have been okay Mm -hmm. if we had not done that I do I do really feel like that to my core I can look at Sunny's birth and say wow that was 1000% unnecessary Mm -hmm. I'm so irritated about it and this time I'm like that is why we have (laughs) c-sections um and I've heard from multiple people since then that are involved like heavily in birth and and know that word or that that world very clearly and have said like you saved Ledger's life by doing that um because if I had not gone into my midwife appointment on Tuesday, I wouldn't have known that he wasn't head down anymore. I was already in labor. I would have gone home and labored at home. My water would have broken and the cord would have come out. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I'm like, the Lord's hand was really on all of that. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm really grateful. And I can genuinely say like, that was not it wasn't a traumatic experience. I yes. felt like I got to choose every single thing that happened to me. I felt like everyone listened to me. Everyone mm-hmm. respected me. And like being in the OR felt like I was literally just embraced in a warm hug. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. I mm-hmm. feel like if I had to ever do that again, I could, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was the initial bliss of birth. <laughs> Which is like, that's a really big deal. You might not have got the V back, okay? Yeah. But you've got a peaceful birth. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what you planned, but you rolled up the punches. You didn't do what I did, which was fight until it was dangerous um, to where you needed an emergency cesarean. Yeah. Um, and things were a little easier. I'll say this. Um, just with Ledger and the transverse thing, because Brady, obviously Brady and I are Webster certified chiropractors. I don't practice anymore. Um, he does. And we get sent patients from OBs all the time for breech babies because OBs don't deliver. Most OBs don't deliver breech babies. And we'll get a, a mom at 39 weeks and she's sobbing and she's got an appointment for an ECV then the next day or in a week. And we do our best, but we try to tell moms (laughs) there are reasons why babies don't flip. Sometimes it's a structural thing. Like there is tightness in the body that could be released to allow baby to have more room. Sometimes it's a structural issue 
And we usually don't recommend that procedure for that reason. Because Mm -hmm. if your baby is, just like you said, flipping that late and you've been doing all the things, there's a structural reason why that's Mm -hmm. happening. That is what, Mm -hmm. exactly what you said, that is what doctors are there for. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just... And that was what was so hard is like my doula was sobbing. Like she was so sad because she was like, I have never seen somebody fight and advocate and educate themselves so thoroughly to get something and she was like I've never wanted this for somebody more and my midwife looked me in the eyes and she was like I've been delivering babies for 30 years I could not have told you to do anything differently you did everything that you could have in your whole pregnancy and not that I not that I needed their affirmation but it was very helpful yeah it was really nice to hear that from people who like really know what they're talking about to just I don't have any of those oh but what if this or like I could have done this and I lived with that horror those all those thoughts after Sunny's birth Mm -hmm. for so long and this time I don't have them because I know there was nothing else I could have done um and I don't know why I had so much fluid and such a huge baby and such a huge placenta. Like they, my midwife didn't seem that concerned. She was like, well, they were all kind of growing in accordance with one another. So it's not like you had some tiny placenta and giant baby or like tons of, you know, it was all proportional. But, um, (laughs) when, when we got home from the hospital, it was like a few days or something. Um, on my birthday, I was like, I have had headache for three days. This is weird because ever since I've seen Brady, I don't get headaches anymore. None. I used to get migraines all the time (laughs) and it was miserable. So now it's to the point where I'm like, if I get a headache, it's not my norm Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a red flag. And Brady was at our house that morning to adjust ledger. And I was like, can you just like look at my neck really quick? Because I've had a headache for three days. So he adjusted me. And then I was like, we were about to go chase had planned some fun pretty easy things to do like for my birthday and we were about to leave and I'm like I think I should like go take my blood pressure this is weird it feels Mm -hmm. like just a weird headache and my blood pressure throughout my pregnancy had always been like below 120 over 80 and it was 148 over 97 Mm -hmm. or something and I was like oh my gosh I took it three times and every time it was very very high And so then you're on Google again and it's like, oh, you have like postpartum preeclampsia and you're going to die, you know, (laughs) basically (laughs) that's what's going to happen. And so I called my midwives and they were like, yeah, you need to come. You need to come back to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to the hospital. I was there all day and then back again the next day. And I had to go on like blood pressure medication for a few days, but it was so bizarre. I got cleared. I wasn't, I didn't have preeclampsia they did all the like blood and urine yeah, and no like spinal flu- uh, cord fluid like, no they no they think that because I had between the fluid loss blood loss yeah. baby placenta I lost like probably 30 pounds yeah. like overnight your blood pressure was just like what the yes I think it, <laughs> yeah, I think it literally was like uh wait hold up we need to like really compensate for whatever yeah. the heck just happened Reset. to us um <laughs> And I felt that, like, I felt this huge shift of, like, oh, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, what just happened? Because it was just a lot. I got, like, no stretch marks with Sunny. My belly's covered in stretch marks that I couldn't even see until he was gone, yeah. like, out of my belly. And 
<laughs> just they they had to sew my abs back up did I tell you that yeah you did like your abs were not going to come back together so we sewed them up for you i'm like wow house how nice <laughs> i'm just like never I'm years ne- <laughs> of rehab and you know what's crazy is i actually have noticed such a difference in my core strength because when i was pregnant with ledger when i was pregnant with sunny i felt like i could still i still had core strength when i was pregnant with ledger there was a point in time where i'm like i have nothing yeah i cannot do anything with my abs um, so it was very validating when they said that. And now <laughs> postpartum, I can go from like, even after a cesarean laying flat on my back to sitting straight yeah. up in I'm bed. I'm like just getting to that point. Yeah. So weird. Like my abs totally went back together afterwards. Yeah. I had no diastasis recti at six weeks postpartum. She's like, I can't even get my finger in there. And I still had a hard time. Really? <laughs> doing that. I'm like, yeah. well, they, they really helped me out with sewing up my abs. Yeah, so that's great. They said it's not something they normally do, but they felt like they needed to do that. That's great. Yeah, so. So that's your story. That is it. I think. How's postpartum been? Um, <laughs> I will say I think that n- processing in hindsight has been hard, only in the sense that it just sucks to have another surgery. Like, it, it sucks that you plan for something for three years and you don't get it, and it sucks that it impacts the rest of your childbearing yeah. years mm-hmm. and it changes the options that you have. And it mm-hmm. feels like you're with each one, your, your dreams of whatever you're looking forward towards, like whether that's a certain kind of birth or a certain amount of kids, it, it slowly is like kind of ticking away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just like tentatively, if we were to have another baby, we'll have another baby. But if we cannot have another, if we can't have a vaginal delivery next time, if we have a third C-section, I think in my heart, that would be it. Unless mm-hmm. the doctor went in there and was like, this looks great. You could totally have another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've kind of opened more of the door of like, okay, what does adoption look like? Mm-hmm. We actually just registered for adoption two nights ago (laughs) and we got an email and they're like oh you just welcomed like a newborn into your life we're so happy for you you can't start this process until ledger's nine months old i think um which is fine i get it they don't want to give you two babies at once but um there's that as an option there's like (sighs) someone the other day was like well what about like a surrogate and i'm like that would be but so is adoption. I mean, yeah, I feel like everything's really expensive, expensive, but so sad. it feels like that would be really hard for me. You'd have to do the egg retrieval, you know. Yeah. And then it's like you're pretty much going through an IVF process and then you might have a lot of embryos. I don't know how that works. Yeah. I would have to f- I would have to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. And then there's like embryo adoption and there's all these babies that like aren't getting used through the process of IVF and you can like adopt them I didn't know that oh my god <laughs> which like literally brought Chase to tears he was like I was That's like so there's sad. all these babies that are just like there that like their parents did the IVF process they decided that they didn't want to use all their embryos or whatever and then you have the process you have the choice of either donating them to science destroying them or putting them up for adoption and so there's like this program called the snowflake program where you can adopt embryos. Hmm. Um, but then 
we would probably adopt an embryo and use a surrogate because it's not like we wouldn't be able to, you know, it doesn't change. Anyways, (laughs) it's a lot. We are processing a lot. And I know we just welcomed a baby into the world, but I think like that is a toll that multiple cesareans takes on somebody is you are constantly left with this like feeling and notion that you only have so much more. Yeah. Brady and I are struggling with that right now, actually, because he is with him with Noah's birth it was like in between an emergency and like a cool c-section <laughs> like I had not a lot you've heard my birth story I didn't have a lot of people in the room my anesthesiologist was amazing just mm-hmm. like yours was as a male and you know it was all good Lily's was like a true get her out get her out now she didn't like hold oxygen for 25 minutes it was really scary I lost a full liter of blood mm-hmm. like I lost a lot of blood <laughs> and um and they had it took a really long time for them to stop the bleeding like so Brady like legit thought that he was walking out of the hospital alone um and he's really having a hard time with that whereas I'm like no I need to plan mm-hmm. I need I need redemption from that I, know. I need not only that I mean I know I want another baby like I, I still feel that pull mm-hmm. like that there's someone there and you know Madison sent me a my, Madison was my doula mm-hmm. and I plan on using her because I can't try for a vaginal birth anymore because of my tea incision so I know I'm gonna have a cesarean um but she sent me this post and it was an OB who did a mother assisted cesarean I've seen and that. I'm like so pumped about her right now. so I keep yeah. trying to tell Brady about it and he's like Amanda I don't want more kids I don't want to lose you I don't want to go through that again mm-hmm. but I'm like but listen you can lay down with no curtain mm-hmm. and you can pull your baby out of your body. Like, yeah. I need to find a doctor stat who can do that for me in like uh, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think there's like a part of like, you've lost control once, you've lost control again. Like, I need mm-hmm. control in my story. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that. And that, yeah. And I think that's something that they just can't understand as men because Chase feels the same way. He's like, Jess, we just had Ledger. Because yeah. I, I think it was like the fourth night home from the hospital. He was like, what are you researching? And I was like, VBACs after two C-sections. <laughs> and he was like, we Can just, stop? we just, he's like, you've been doing this for three years. We just had a baby. And I'm like, I think it's something, cause he was right. I was like, why can't I let this go? I was literally listening. I was on the VBAC link podcast, listening to podcasts for VBACs after two C-sections, four days after I had a baby. And he was like, why, why are you doing this? And I was sitting there and I'm like, I think you just nailed it. I think it's just, I need to know that I'm not just going to be left with this unmet dream forever. Mm -hmm. Like I just have to keep grasping onto some kind of hope that like what I'm looking for is possible. And whether that just be having more kids, whether that be having a vaginal delivery or having a like, a peaceful planned C-section where you are catching your own baby, you're the first one to meet them. And like, you planned it like more than, mm-hmm. you know, just two hours. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, I know it doesn't make sense to somebody who doesn't know, but yeah. it feels like the only thing I can control is to continue to just like plan for that. And I think, and I've talked to so many women who have had two C-sections since then, even just like random neighbors in my neighborhood that I knew had had C-sections because I've never met somebody who's had more than two C-sections. And so I literally have three people in my cul-de-sac. I have you and then I have a friend um, who lives in Littleton. Her husband was my basketball coach in high school. I So between the five of them, I'm like two C-sections, two babies, and aside from you, they're done. Mm -hmm. 
And so I've never talked to somebody about, you know, I was talking to all of them, like, did your doctor say not to like, and they all just kind of said like, they didn't feel like they really liked either option having another C-section. They didn't want to try for a vaginal delivery. They felt like, you know, they had birth trauma from there and they just were done. And I'm like, but I'm not, you know? And so I just keep grasping for these stories of women who are like, Okay, but this is how I turned this around. Yeah. Whatever so that if looks you're like. Out there. <laughs> I know. Listening to this. <laughs> yeah. DMS. No, for real. You can yeah. totally DMS at Mother yeah. Collective Co. Because that would be great. Yeah. And I'm actively looking for uh, some kind of doctor that would even take me on because I hear all like these ethereal things like, you know, oh, this doctor, I found this person four hours away from me. But it's like, it'd be really nice to even just have a consult with somebody like what makes a good candidate for this? Mm -hmm. Am I a good candidate for this? Would it be better to just plan a C-section? How do I not grow a 10 pound baby? (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) all the important questions. Yeah. So you, okay. I just, I want to, because we're running out of time Mm -hmm. and I want to talk about something real quick. Yeah. You were really nervous to tell your birth story. You Mm -hmm. told me, I think I was one of the first people you told. And that was, you know, a while after your story happened. Yeah. And you were very nervous about telling your story. Yeah. And I want to talk more about that Mm -hmm. because I think that is, that breaks my heart that we live in a world where you of all people would have to feel nervous Mm -hmm. to tell your birth story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I do feel very nervous. I felt like weirdly depressed even before coming over here. And every time that I've known that someone's going to drop off food and stay a little while and they're going to ask me, about it and um I think that's because I know that's because I've immersed myself into this culture of like homeopathy and natural is best and everything that God intended or that like women are meant for Mm -hmm. just flows freely and without fear and you know I inundated myself with everything birth unmedicated I was about to have a home birth like I'm in that camp and I'm surrounded by those people and I'm so nervous that someone hearing my story would discredit the necessity of a c-section or fail to address that sometimes birth is an emergency or an eminent danger Mm -hmm. to the baby or the mom and I know that like women especially in this kind of community that we're both very much immersed in just fails to recognize that and I think that it's really it's really disconcerting to like share your story with somebody who's very naturally minded or maybe they're all about home births and to just kind of watch their eyes or their mouth or whatever just kind of insinuate that you made the wrong decision yeah. or had you just X, Y, and Z that wouldn't have happened. Or I know I can just feel them reeling in their minds like, Oh, but that, that happened because happened. of this. Yeah. And that wouldn't have happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really heartbreaking. And I think it like has the potential to me to like affect relationships yeah. in my life because. Well, your birth story, it's like, that's part of you. And if someone's gonna. Yeah. And how like, <laughs> it's almost like, how dare you question what the Lord spoke to me? Even, okay, let's set aside the necessity Mm -hmm. for this situation. Mm -hmm. Even with Sunny's birth, even 
now all you know yeah. three years later mm-hmm. and how it could have went differently mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. if you had done something different yeah if there is someone sitting listening to your story mm-hmm. and they're going to make those judgments on you yeah. and they're going to decide that <laughs> they could have done something better they would have done something different that's not a friend I know that's not the mm-hmm. that's not a woman you need mm-hmm. in your life it is not mm-hmm. you should be able to sit down with somebody who loves you and mm-hmm. say this is what I went through and regardless of what their history tells yeah. them what filter they're looking mm-hmm. through they should see how much you are a loved child of God how yeah. much you love your child yeah. how much you did the best in the situation that you were given mm-hmm. and they should be so freaking proud of you yeah. I am so freaking proud of you yeah. I'm not joking I mm-hmm. spent those like th- three days on my knees in prayer so much mm-hmm. for you reaching out to Chase reaching out yeah. to you trying to make sure that you were okay and yeah. when you texted me and said you're going into c-section mm-hmm. I was cheering you on yeah and when you came out all I wanted to know was that you were mentally okay after yeah. that mm-hmm. and that's all I cared about you, know, that you were yeah. physically and mentally okay because I yeah. know you and I know your heart and I know that you killed it and mm-hmm. I was so freaking proud of you yeah. I was so freaking proud of you <laughs> yeah when we got out mm-hmm. when you got out and you guys came mm-hmm. home and and watching you with Ledger, you're yeah. a beautiful mother and yeah. you do such Thanks. a great job. Thanks. And if anybody wants to make a judgment on you for your C-section, <laughs> I have some words, <laughs> some serious words. But seriously, uh, I felt that way yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Just don't do that. I don't, yeah. you know, I, I feel like a lot of people in the holistic world, regardless of if we're talking about birth or whatever medical mm-hmm. procedure, whatever, whatever it is, if you know, there are so many <laughs> things to judge a person on just don't i know please yeah we don't need it mm-hmm. you don't need it that's not yeah. how jesus loves right gosh i freaking love you so much i know the text that you sent me i'm like i literally took a screenshot of it and i've read it so many times and you were just like exactly what you just said like those are not people that you need in your life and and something because i went to my therapist last last week i think yeah um because I think this postpartum has just been different than it was with Sunny. I think I'm just having a lot more like, I don't know, we can get into that another day. But I think I'm definitely like bordering anxiety, but it's not presenting maybe typically how you'd see anxiety. It's mm-hmm. it's manifesting more so like OCD, mm-hmm. which I've always had like somewhat of a tendency towards. But it's to the point where it's like so, so, so extreme that it's debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, something that she reminded me of when I was sitting with her is, like, we're only in this phase for so long Mm -hmm. of, like, childbearing Mm -hmm. and having all these births and, like, planning our families. And it was just so refreshing to be reminded, like, there's another side to this. Like, Mm -hmm. you and all your friends will be done having babies and it won't be the topic of every conversation. Because right now you go anywhere with a new baby and you're just met with like (sighs) immediately like what was your birth story? (laughs) What happened? You know, and it's all well-meaning, but it's just so it feels like that's all that matters. And I recently shared because I have this like group of girls I hang out with every every other week or so. And um, I I walked away because they were so sweet. They wanted to know what happened. But I told them and I just walked away feeling so like, like I let people down because it wasn't what they wanted to hear. 
Um, they wanted the happy ending for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you just feel responsible for that. And I just, I just sat in my car being like, why do I feel so disappointed? And like, why do I feel like they're so disappointed in me? Um, yeah. So I think that's, it'd be, it'd be so much, it's hard not to wonder like how you would feel on a daily basis if you got to have a back. you know? know? No, I 100. Like, I would feel I'll so never, much lighter. I'd, I'll never know the feeling yeah. of like a vaginal mm-hmm. birth ever in my life. That's been yeah. really hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. That's been really hard to swallow. But, yeah. but, um, I think that while we're in this world, we lose our eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. This time, not even just the childbearing, it's just like mm-hmm. us being on earth. It's yeah. like such a short mm-hmm. amount of time compared to eternity with God. Mm-hmm. And, and our not, babies that are already up there. I know. And and we're going to spend our entire eternity with our children and our mm-hmm. families. And this part of our story, I don't know what it's preparing us for. Yeah, There is a reason that we're learning these lessons. There's a reason mm-hmm. why we're going through what we're going through. And I think it's going to make sense mm-hmm. on the other side, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's made, meant to make mm-hmm. sense now. Yeah. So when you're talking to a mom that has had a cesarean, especially a mom that was hoping for a vaginal birth, mm-hmm. don't sit there and say, well, if you wouldn't have had the epidural, if you wouldn't have went to the hospital, if you would have stayed at home, um, just be proud of them mm-hmm. because they just <laughs> walked through fire Mm -hmm. to meet their child yeah and it's like I don't and I don't want to be this person but maybe I will be this person like I genuinely in this situation with Ledger would have been the person that would have died if I wasn't at a hospital well and what's interesting is you met somebody during this pregnancy Mm -hmm. if you want to maybe share a tiny bit about that I think that was yes I was very much on the fence and I don't I almost don't know if I should actually share too much of this story. No, just very vague. Okay, I'll be very, very vague, vague. Very vague. Um, I was very much that. on the fence of like, should I have a home birth or should I be with these midwives um, that deliver at a smaller hospital? Um, saw them both for like almost 20 weeks. That's the other thing I failed to mention. I also paid out of pocket to be with these midwives who weren't covered by my insurance because they had a 90% feedback rate. Mm-hmm. So add that to the list of all the things that we spent our time and money preparing for. Um, but I had just met this girl um, randomly who had also had a super traumatic first birth and was planning a home birth for her second. And she was so like confident about it. I went home being like, okay, for sure I should have a home birth. Like she is so cool. Like she is awesome and she's so confident. I just need to make a decision and like go with it. Um, and she kept texting me cause I was like, can we meet up and talk more about this? Um, and all of a sudden just like lost all of my peace about home birth, lost all my peace about meeting up with her. Um, I didn't want to be convinced to have a home birth. I stopped talking <laughs> This is kind of extreme, but I did. I stopped talking to anybody who I thought would convince me to have home birth um, about birth. So um, I really feel like the Lord was protecting my heart in advance because this poor girl and her poor baby had a devastating situation happen during their birth. Um, and and I think that would have also been me. Yeah. Like, I really do. I think that... Um, I think that knowing what I know now about my situation in the moment, like, yeah. yeah. Well, add in that you were convinced you were having a home birth and you came to my house and told me who your midwife was. And I said, no, you're not. (laughs) I know there was, there was so (laughs) So many, many so many closed doors. And that's the thing is like, gosh, if you ever doubt God, just come talk to me because I have so, I have so many stories that I could share 
Um, <laughs> but this will always be one of them yeah. because there were so many closed doors. Every single time I was about to make the decision or I had made the decision, I'm having home birth. Something literally punched me in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And God knew this. That's he was going to redeem my story and it wasn't going to be in the way that I thought. Well, you killed your birth. I'm proud. I am so proud of you. I'm proud of your ability to listen to the Lord. I'm proud Mm -hmm. of your ability to listen to your body, Mm -hmm. to listen to the people that were surrounding you when you needed to, because I didn't do that. Yeah. I'm so proud of you too. It was so, these babies make it hard on us. And I think that it prepares us to be the moms that we otherwise may not have been. I think we love our kids so, so, so deeply. And we would do truly anything for them. And we have. Almost die for them. We have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and we've been brought to the end of ourselves and we've surrendered dreams for eternity and we've you know we were reborn in our birth just as much Mm -hmm. as anybody else Mm -hmm. and i and you can't take that away from Mm -hmm. a mother whether she has a cesarean Mm -hmm. whether it's a planned cesarean or a home birth Mm -hmm. you are reborn in Mm -hmm. motherhood every single time you have a baby and that doesn't change with a change of setting yeah so we actually we actually changed this the last thing i'll say we changed ledger's name because of his birth did you really? Yes. So he, we had named him for nine months. His name is Coda, K-O-D-A, Coda Lake. And it means like brotherly love. It means blessing. We're like, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> um, And after his birth, hearing from mi- multiple midwives, multiple nurses, like this kid, I've never seen this before. That's what we kept hearing. I've never seen this before, like from everybody. Yeah. Why is he still flipping? Why is he doing all this stuff? And then when he came out and he was huge and... Um, in mom baby we had heard from multiple nurses again being like I've never met a baby so strong like I'm not used to fighting babies because he was having <laughs> he was having trouble with his glucose like yeah. after birth and so they had to prick his little heel like every yeah. hour for oh, like 20 sad. hours so and sad. they were like this kid every single one of them was like this kid is so strong like we were trying to give him a bath and he was like literally trying to stand up in the bath and we're like you he's like already holding his head up fully like he's literally a man Calm and down. so yeah. And he's got the he's got these you guys this look about <laughs> yeah. him that he is very so serious. serious like he's like why <laughs> this is what i keep telling people i'm like if i could summarize ledger it would be like he's just so annoyed that he has to be a baby like <laughs> he's straight up is like i'm, I'm a walking. man why what? am i a baby and i so we we uh, like immediately we got to mom baby and i was like his name is not coda like <laughs> coda is like this cutesy like you know i'm like he is a strong dude and he is like going to be paving his own his own path in life and i know he's going to teach me so much about surrender because that is probably the biggest word that has like infiltrated my mind and my heart since (laughs) i've met him um and so yeah that's like a fun little fact we can leave you with we changed his name after (laughs) nine months i had clothing items with his name on it i had like decor with his name on it and it's just not his name anymore so (laughs) i was just on the name nest and there was like this reel that was like moody fall boy names and chase was dying he's like oh moody fall boy like that's exactly who ledger is moody fall boy boy. so anyways that is a little fun thing sharing your story Mm -hmm. uh don't message us unless it's i'm proud of you (laughs) because i'll fight you (laughs) i know i think i have better boundaries this time but i'm like yeah i'm like prepared to cut people off over this so all right we will see you guys next week
Thank you for listening. And remember that you were chosen to be the mother of your children. And you are exactly where you need to be. See See you next week. week.